going on, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you've had a great week so far. Certainly, it has been a very busy and full week here in the world of pro wrestling. And, of course, we love to bring all of the action, news, and information to you. There's a lot to share. But first, thank you, as always, for your continued support of what we're doing on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as via podcast. Many of you are tuned in from all across the country and around the world, and I don't take that for granted at all. You could be tuned into a ton of other podcasts, checking out a lot of other information, but you hang out with us here at The Faction, and that means an awful lot to us. So thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to The Faction. want to shout out a couple of cities who have been representing us really, really well over the last couple of weeks shout out to new orleans louisiana pittsburgh pennsylvania and the boogie down bronx who have been representing the faction in a significant way in this last week over the month of july and again a lot has happened in july we got a shout out of course pittsburgh which is number three Bowie, Maryland is number two, and the number one city representing us is New Orleans, Louisiana. So shout out to all of the great folks there in New Orleans. Okay, so there's two things I want to accomplish. I want to, for one, really start digging in to our analysis of the pandemic era of pro wrestling as that era seems to be coming to a close. And I say seems to be because there are still some implications and impacts surrounding what's going on with COVID-19 that does have an impact on the wrestling world. But by and large, we're going to have that conversation today. Before I do that, I've got two pieces of news I want to share with you. First of all, the ratings are in for this huge and historic episode of Monday Night Raw, the first episode of Raw back with fans since the pandemic began. And the ratings responded appropriately as this episode of Raw brought in 1.923 million viewers on the USA Network. That is up literally 320,000 viewers from last week. So if you don't believe that fans back in the building make a difference, think again. If you don't believe that the momentum that started on SmackDown and led to Money in the Bank has impacted Raw, guess again. Because certainly, Monday Night Raw was not just a great in-ring product, but more eyes viewed it than they have in quite some time. In fact, this is the largest viewership of Monday Night Raw since the April 12th edition, which was the post-WrestleMania show, where they drew in a little over 2 million viewers. It was a big show, for sure. Now, now, last week's show, which was the final Thunderdome show, which was a taped show, by the way, was the fifth lowest episode of Raw on record in terms of viewership. So this was a huge, huge night for Monday Night Raw. Congratulations. It was a great night, an amazing show, and hopefully the start of a brand new era for Monday Night Raw. Got some New Japan news to share with you. If you've been following New Japan Pro Wrestling, you'll know that really for the last few days and the last few cards, Kota Ibushi has gone missing. And one of the things that they have said, and I shouldn't say gone missing because that sounds like he's been kidnapped and that's not the case, but he wasn't present on those cards and it was initially attributed to what some believed as an adverse reaction to the COVID-19 vaccine. He had a fever shortly after getting the vaccine and so he was kept off of a couple of cards as a result of that. 
so he was not a part of the summer struggle, etc., etc. He is supposed to be in the main event at the Tokyo Dome on July 25th, which is this Sunday, as he's battling for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. However, in comma, that is up in jeopardy right now. And here's why. Because indeed, Kota Ibushi did not suffer from an adverse reaction to the COVID-19 vaccination. Instead, he's been diagnosed with aspiration pneumonia. That's frightening. Now, aspiration pneumonia has no connection to the COVID vaccinations. His illness is not a result of inoculation, and he has tested negative for COVID-19. So, New Japan has issued an apology. They're also looking to give him time to make a full in-ring recovery, so he will be missing the shows on July the 22nd, July the 23rd, and July the 24th. And there's a big question right now as to whether or not he'll be a part of Wrestle Grand Slam at the Tokyo Dome on July the 25th. A final decision on that is forthcoming. Remember, that's just a few days from now. Today is the 21st, so we've got just a couple of days for that decision to be made. So as a result, there are going to be some changes that are going to be made on those three New Japan cards, and it could be on the fourth one at Wrestle Grand Slam. We'll keep you posted on that, and certainly we are wishing a speedy recovery to Kota Ibushi, and hopefully he's able to make it for Wrestle Grand slam but if he's not we definitely want him to get well because at the end of the day his health is what is the most important all right here's what we're going to do we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to get into our deep dive of the era that is known as the pandemic era but first a word from our sponsors It's going to be an absolutely stellar night with two big title matches and the most unpredictable show in all of independent wrestling. Come on, somebody stop this. Being the monster they thought they wanted. All right, speaking of sponsorship, I want to give all of you the opportunity. Many of you listeners have wanted to figure out how you can partner with the faction, how you can have your voices and your product heard here with the faction. It's super, super easy. Shoot us an email. Matter of fact, you can shoot me an email personally. Gerard at getbonnerfied.com is the email address. Gerard at getbonnerfied.com. And we'll get you information as to how you can partner with the faction if you'd like to be a sponsor. If you'd like to do some advertising with us, we can ensure that all of that will happen and you can have your name, your product, your mission and movement connected with all that's happening here with the faction and those around the world will be able to hear what you're up to as well. So be sure to hit me up, Gerard at GetBonnerFied.com and I'll give you all the information as to how you can partner with the faction, much like Southern Honor Wrestling is doing and several others, which you'll be finding out about sooner than later. With that said, it's time to talk about the pandemic era of wrestling. We've been kind of teasing this for about two weeks now, but I think it's time to really dig into this conversation because it is a healthy conversation. Now, I'll guarantee that we won't get to all of the nuances today, but what we will do is start really unpacking this to see how we really view the pandemic era of wrestling. So first and foremost, I want to say this, that many of us, myself included, were really all over the place in terms of our thoughts about the pandemic era of wrestling. Let's go back 
to March of 2020. Certainly the product in WWE was suffering from a lack of creativity, but we were in WrestleMania season. So there was excitement about that. AEW was getting ready to present its initial iteration of Blood and Guts. And of course, all sorts of things were happening in New Japan, in Impact, and Ring of Honor, etc. All of a sudden, mid-March, everything shuts down. Nobody was prepared for it. No element of sport or entertainment was prepared for what was about to happen. Nobody knew how long this was going to be. And so the first big question for many was, what will happen with WrestleMania? WrestleMania was only two to three weeks after the pandemic started. So the question was, what would happen? What would happen to AEW blood and guts? Well, as the rest of the world was closing, we saw all sorts of sports and entertainment venues closing. Opportunities were closing. The music industry was shutting down. Everybody was shutting down. Wrestling really didn't have a choice. But one of the things that both AEW and WWE were trying to figure out was how do we keep wrestling going? After all, that week things began closing on a Wednesday and a Thursday, WWE had their last card, of course, with NXT, which ironically was in the Performance Center because it was designed as Fan Appreciation Night. Little did anybody know that the Performance Center would ultimately become the hub for all things WWE. WWE had to make a quick decision to move their card for SmackDown from Detroit, Michigan into the Performance Center, they decided to go with no fans to keep things safe, et cetera, et cetera. So the first thing I want to mention about the pandemic era of wrestling is that the sport and these companies were forced to make on-the-spot decisions that they were not planning for. Nobody was planning for the live events to be cut. And let's remember this about pro wrestling. The format for pro wrestling certainly has been about traveling, live events. And we have to factor a couple of things in there. Many of us as fans were primarily concerned about content and safety. These organizations were concerned about not just content and safety, but financial obligations, financial income, what would end up happening. And so they were forced to decide, do we continue to perform? Do we continue to present shows or do we shut down? Let's remember that March Madness shut down. There was a ton of money connected to that. The NBA playoffs shut down. There was a ton of money connected to that. The XFL, Vince McMahon's other baby that he had poured a ton of money into, not only did they shut down in terms of stopping operations for the time being, they completely folded. They went bankrupt. It was a pretty significant and harrowing time. Major League Baseball was in the middle of spring training and they had to stop what they were doing. A lot of people were impacted and not just was AEW and WWE potentially impacted, but some tough decisions had to come in other companies. New Japan Pro Wrestling decided to shut down literally for three months. Ring of Honor shut down for about five months. Impact Wrestling decided to go the route of AEW and WWE and continue shows entering us into a scenario called the Empty Arena Show. To be clear, we'd only seen about two or three empty arena matches in pro wrestling history. In fact, having an empty arena was viewed as unfavorable because it really reflected at that point the level of popularity and the level of relevance for you as a pro wrestler and as a promotion. 
So a lot of things changed and a lot of folks were forced to make some tough decisions. Let's think about this for a second from a business perspective. How difficult must it have been for WWE who had just signed this major deal with Fox bringing in a billion dollars. They had just signed a new deal for Monday Night Raw worth over a billion dollars on the USA Network. They had networks to respond to. They had to figure out can we afford to not produce content much like the NBA, the NCAA and other organizations that were providing content to these television networks. They made the decision to continue producing shows. They were having to figure it out on the fly. And so for that, I want to commend AEW and WWE and Impact Wrestling for their decision to continue to provide content for us because they were trying to figure out what on earth do we do? WWE moved all of their in-ring content to the Performance Center, which they were really blessed to be able to do. AEW had to make some decisions on the fly. They ended up moving certain operations to Atlanta, and they ended up doing a feverish amount of tapings over two days to ensure that there would be weeks of content available for AEW Dynamite. They then were able to move their in-ring content to Daly's place in Jacksonville, Florida. So I want to start by saying this. Part of the reason that AEW and WWE were able to continue producing content was because they had a central location in which to do it. Neither of those spaces were planned, but they had access to it. WWE, of course, owning the Performance Center, now having to turn that into a scenario where it could be an arena of sorts. It took them to a place they had not been to in many, many moons. AEW, we have to remember, is still a brand new company when this pandemic begins. They're not even a year old at this particular point. And they're having to make decisions on the fly. The good thing for AEW is that they did have access to things in Atlanta, is that they did have access to Daly's place in Jacksonville because of the ownership of Tony Khan and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So in this scenario, AEW and WWE were able to continue to provide content because they had resources available to them. Such was not the case for New Japan Pro Wrestling, who did not necessarily have a home base. Such was not the case for Ring of Honor as well, who did not have a home building or home arena to be able to present content. So AEW and New Japan decided for the safety of their fans and their wrestlers not to present content. Impact Wrestling ended up finding a studio in Nashville, Tennessee, that would be their home base for quite some time. In fact, it's still their home base as of right now. So Many can argue, should these places not have provided content or should they have? I think there's a case for either side. The challenge here when it came to WWE was not only were they trying to protect fans, but they did not appear as though they were trying to protect wrestlers. Who can forget WWE really creating all sorts of scenarios to ensure that their wrestlers would still come to work, including giving them all letters that they were essential media in terms of why they had to go to the Performance Center and perform. Who can forget several wrestlers on 
all three rosters contracting COVID-19 and WWE looking to be silent about it. So you could make the argument that WWE didn't necessarily handle things internally well when it came to COVID-19. They didn't even use the words COVID-19 on their television programs as well. So it created some real challenges. AEW, on the other hand, had no problem openly acknowledging the pandemic, which I think won a lot of cool points, dare I say, in the internet wrestling community. Let's also look at this. People had a hard time talking about the content that was being created, but the reality of it is there were some real questions to be asked. Do we want to continue certain storylines going into the pandemic? We don't know how long this is going to last. Do we just need to create enough content to get us through the next four to six weeks? As we were initially told, this is going to be a shutdown for maybe four to six weeks. Nobody anticipated a shutdown that would impact the globe and certainly this industry for well over a year. So with that said, there's still a lot more to get into, but this is just our opening thoughts as we review the pandemic era of wrestling. We'll be doing more of this throughout the week. There's a lot more that I have to say, but of course, we'll space that out for you so you can keep on coming back. But I want to get your thoughts on the pandemic era of wrestling as we look back on it. Do you think that the companies who took time off made the right move? Or do you think the companies that continue to provide content made the right move? I want to get your thoughts on that. You can hit us up on the socials at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and let us know what you're thinking about that. All right, we're going to get out of here. Have an amazing day. Tomorrow, we'll be back to talk about what happened on NXT and hopefully on AEW Dynamite as well. And we'll be giving you some more thoughts on the pandemic era of wrestling. Until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and we call this The Faction. Have a great day. I my people, hip-hop.